few weeks ago, before I went away on this last uh, trip that I was on ministering, there was a team night that happened in this room. And if you are not part of the team night, I want you to know you are all welcome. All you have to do is get involved and begin to serve somewhere and, or even just come to the next one and check out what goes on because those nights are the heart and soul of what we feel, what we wanna share as leadership and team. And so it was a team night and Jock was sharing and we were all listening to the wisdom that he was giving us about building teams and doing life together. And right at the end, I had not planned to say anything. In fact, I think I just got off an aeroplane, so I was not even in the right time zone in my brain. And yet I heard God drop a thought in my uh, heart and I knew I needed to share it. So I jumped up at the end of team night and what I shared then has not left me since. And so as I've been away, I've been in touch with the team and we've been communicating and I've been saying, when I get home, I need to kind of open the word around this subject. And today I wanna talk to you about sound, about the sound of your life, about the sound of our faith, about the sound that comes from us and through us. Because whether you are aware of it or not, you all make a sound. (laughs) And my question to you today, and my question to myself over the last few weeks when this thought landed first in me is, what do I sound like? Now, if you're not brave enough to answer that question, find an honest person that spends a lot of time with you and ask them honestly, tell me, what do I sound like? I don't mean the pitch of your voice. I don't mean the accent. I mean, what do you sound like? When you open your mouth, do you sound negative or positive? When you begin to speak, is it down or is it up? When you begin to confess, is it the problem or is it the answer? We all have a sound and circumstances would like to dictate our sound and situations would like to dictate our sound, but I am convinced that God needs us as the people of God to get our sound back, to actually claim back the sound of our lives, the sound, because what you sound like will also affect what your house sounds like. In fact, if you're not sure what you sound like, maybe you should listen to your house once in a while. It's kind of scary when you listen to some stuff that gets said in your house and you're like, wow, maybe I have an echo in my house that I am responsible for. And the sound of God's house, therefore, also becomes a question. What does this house sound like? What is the volume in this house like? What does it sound like when you enter this house? What does it sound like when you're part of this house? And I think there's a verse in Ecclesiastes 3 that says there's a time for everything. But I sense in my spirit that I want to announce that there is a time to turn the sound up in our lives. We live in a day and an age where the sound waves around us are dominated with bad news. We only have to turn the news on to hear the confusion, to hear the arguments, to hear the pulling down of one another from politics to what's happening in society, to areas of education, to areas of people's rights. We can turn on the news and all we hear is a cacophony of arguments and fighting and unkind words being spoken. 
And then we come into God's house and we are God's people. And if we don't know how to control and to turn up the sound of what it is God created us to do, then the world wins every single time. The noise outside dominates and takes over our homes and our lives and our children. And I wore my devil stomping boots this morning because I am sick and tired of him controlling the airwaves of the church. So my question is, are you willing? Are you ready? Do you want to change your sound? And do you believe that actually within you is a sound of praise? Within you is a sound of victory. Within you is a sound of thanksgiving. And it's nothing to do with feelings. Oh my Lord. If it was to do with feelings, we'd be listening to sad country Western music all day long, every day. And there ain't no joy in that. You were created by Almighty God to make a sound, not just any sound. You were created by the Creator of heaven and earth to make a noise. Even if it's only a noise, He'll take it. It says, make a joyful noise. It says in Psalm 150, let everything, everyone say everything. That's us. Let everything that has breath and every breath of life praise the Lord. Hallelujah. That's the Bible. So you can't get mad at me. I don't feel like it. Let everything with every breath praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, I'm not in that kind of frame of mind today. Let everything that has breath, every breath of life, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Revelation 19 verse 5. Then a voice from the throne said, Praise God, all you His servants, you who fear Him great and small. And then I heard what sounded like a great multitude, like a roar of washing waters, shouting hallelujah, hallelujah, our God reigns. Psalm 100, make a joyful noise to the Lord. Sing yourself into His presence. Enter with a password of thanksgiving. Clap your hands. Make a joyful noise. <laughs> Listen. Right. Now, I can already sense there's going to be two ways this goes in the room. One's going to be like, Charlotte's on something. Clearly, she didn't sleep. She's been up with jet lag. She'll calm down in a few weeks. Like this is hype, this is just, you know, we're getting excited this morning. Or you can actually consider that what I just read to you was the Word of God. And God made you and God created you and He created you with hands to clap. He created you with feet to dance. He created with you mouth to praise. He created you with arms to be lifted. He put a shout inside of you. He created you to be the head and not the tail. He created you to proclaim the good news of the gospel. He created you to make a sound. And I wanna ask you, and I wanna ask you, what do you sound like? What do you sound like? Now listen, I can have days where I sound terrible 
When, when I was just away on this last trip, there was a moment and I was on the tour bus and we were getting ready and it was the last night of a long, long, long set of meetings, 27 meetings, speaking 27 times in 10 different states and I was missing my kids and I was missing home and I was sat on the tour bus and my friend Nat, she saw that I was kind of like drooping and so she began to tongue my hair to get me ready because I wasn't ready and we had a photo shoot and all of that and as she's getting me ready, she begins to play this worship song that she just got for her new album that's about to come out. And as she's doing my hair, I am, she can't see me, she's at the back of my head. I am sobbing. You know when you sob silently like. (gasps) (laughs) Like I just have makeup put on like it's streaming down my face. And then suddenly she realised my shoulders were going and she's like, she's either under the presence of the Holy Spirit or there's something really wrong. And she rounded herself to where my face was and she's like, oh my word. And I was like, I made a sound. I made a sound, but within a few moments, I realized, wait a minute, there's people about to walk in this building that are lost, that don't know Christ, that are going through far worse than I'll ever, ever have to experience. And you know what? I am sad that I'm away from home and I am sad that I'm missing my children. But God, if you'll just give me one person's daughter in that room tonight, then I will make a joyful noise unto the Lord. And I tell you, I had a choice. It's a choice. I didn't feel like it. Nothing inside me wanted to go and say, hey, everything inside me wanted to get in bed, pull the duvet over my head. But I had a choice because I have a voice. And I'm telling you, you've got to understand there is power in your sound. And the enemy is after the sound of your life. And it is up to you to choose what you sound like. It is not anybody else's decision what you sound like. It's not what the person did to you or what was said about you or what happened to you. It's none of their power. It's your power today to choose the sound of your life. You get to choose. You get to choose. And I know this is such an un-British message. Amen. Amen. I know this is an un-British message. I know that there are people in here who are gonna be like on the inside of them like, I can't do this, this is not me. When I get up in the morning, I need five cups of coffee before I can ever even open my mouth to even say anything positive. I'm not saying you don't get your coffee. I'm not saying that you don't get to do that, but I'm saying there's a trigger on the inside of you that God wants. It's like, like I wear one of these things on my face all the time, a lot of the time. And I can't tell you how many times I have been around people that do what I do. And we've exchanged funny stories, how they've forgotten that this thing's on their face. Like some really bad moments have happened to some people I love. Like nobody needs to hear what you're doing in the bathroom, in the auditorium, but that has happened to several of my friends. It was like mighty rushing waters suddenly were in the room and they had forgotten to take this thing off. I've dropped it down the toilet. I have done all kinds of stuff. But tell it's like your life constantly is microphoned. Constantly. And when you forget that and you think it doesn't matter what I say, it matters. You are constantly wired for sound by God. So you have to be constantly aware that actually the choices, you see, let me tell you something. And I love that tonight is a panel on mental health. I love that. 
And I love when we discuss it and give verbiage to it and have experts on the panel to help us with our thinking. And, and this will then sit alongside this and complement it. But, but let me tell you when, you, when you think something, the enemy doesn't know. He doesn't know until you say it. He doesn't get to read your mind. He gets to try and put a thought in your mind, but he doesn't, until you say it, he doesn't do anything with it. So until you say it, he can't attack what it is you're saying. Till it comes out of your mouth, he can't get busy multiplying it in the wrong direction. So that's why we've got to take control of what we sound like. And in the last few moments that I have today with you, I wanna take you to a passage in the Bible where someone changed their sound because some of you are like, I don't know if I can do this. Yes, you can, you can. And I'm telling you, it will change you. I wish I, wish I, could, I, wish I could show you how much something that seems so small will change you, but it will. It will change you. It will change how you see. It will change how you involve. It will change how you handle your family. It will change how you get up in the morning. It will change you, which is why the enemy doesn't want you to understand the power of your sound. He wants you to keep tuning into his sound. There's a guy in the Bible and his story is in Mark 10. And I wanna just dip into his story for a few moments because his story is one that teaches us that you can change your sound. This man was known as a blind beggar in his community. And blind Bartimaeus is the story that I want to dip into to show you some things that he had to do for. He began the story down, but he ended the story up. He began the story blind, but he ended the story seeing. He began the story with despised by people, but he ended the story following Christ on whom he was gonna build the rest of his life. And if he can get up from blind, blind despair down at the worst place to a place of victory, so can you. So can you. I'm coming after it this morning because I felt in the worship there is an enemy that is stealing your joy. There is an enemy that is robbing your peace. There is an enemy that does not want you to find freedom, but who the sun sets free is free indeed. Not a little bit, a lot. <laughs> Which means we are actually very un-British. <laughs> we are. And I love England and I love the part of the world that we are from and are born and raised in. But we've got to understand that when that culture interferes with the God culture over our life, we've got to shake it off. I am British, I do not respond. Okay. But last time I checked, you're actually a child of God and he is not British. Thank the Lord for, for that. He's not American either. Not Australian. He's not blessing Hillsong more because he's Aussie. He doesn't prefer their music. He's God Almighty. And you're his child. And you are wired to sound like your dad. And your dad is not grumpy. And your dad is not angry. And your dad is not negative. And your dad is not hurtful and your dad is not anxious and you are wired to sound like your heavenly father what would he say what does he sound like 
changes everything. Blind Bartimaeus. In verse 46, the story is told. I even love the first line. Then they came to Jericho. Aha. Uh-huh. That's an interesting little piece of information to leave us with. Jericho, a place that was changed by a shout. Jericho, a place where walls came down when people lifted their voice. Jericho, where the breakthrough was attached to the people knowing now is the time to turn the volume up. I love the context of this story. As Jesus and his disciples were together with a large crowd, there was a blind man, Bartimaeus, which means son of Timaeus, who was sitting by the roadside begging. Let me just stop there and let's just paint the picture of this man's life. He is blind. He has a disability that for his entire life has shrunk his life down so small. He is sitting, not standing, And he's sitting by a very noisy roadside because he knows that's the place where more people pass by, where there may be more opportunity to beg. So he's sitting in the midst of this large hustle and bustle of people. Everybody walking by him, everyone speaking over him. I'm pretty sure some people judging him. I'm pretty sure some conversations were pretty ugly about him. There he is again, begging off us. Who is he? I wish someone would move him. He makes the community come down. I'm sure all those comments were around him. Furthermore, his name, Bartimaeus, wasn't even his name. It was a way that they identified him as the son of someone else. He didn't even have his own identity. Oh, that's the son of. Oh, that's the daughter of. So his identity didn't have a sound. His disability caused him to have less of a sound and all of the activity around him was drowning out his own sound. And I wanna let you know the first thing you're gonna have to deal with if you wanna get your sound back and if you wanna lift the sound up on your life is you're gonna have to deal with the background noise. There was so much background noise around him from the people passing by, to the people that were talking, to the people that were going over him, to the people that were pulling their donkeys and carts in front of him. There was so much background noise. And some of our lives have lost the sound because the background noise has drowned us out. Oh, you're the son of, or you're the failure, or you're the one that had the affair, or you're the one that was sick, or you're the one with a disability, or you're the one that failed, or you're the one that really stuffed up, or you're the one that has that bad past record, or you're the one that kind of doesn't really have much to contribute, or you're the one that's not very gifted. We are surrounded by background noise in our lives. And if we let it, it will dominate our lives. I don't know what the background noise is of your life. It wasn't good for him. Every day, ignored, spoken over, people passing by. There was a lot of noise and a lot of noise in our background makes our voice become quieter in our own lives. 
You ever been in a place and, or an elevator and there's background music or the supermarket and, and there's this background noise and you didn't pick it, you didn't choose it, it's not even good, but all of a sudden you're like, hmm. I mean, it's terrible music, but it's got into you. And so now you just go in with the flow of this awful music that someone else selected for that place and that time. Our lives can look the same. We just go along with what people have said over us or what we think people have said. Or we go along with the offence or the hurt and it becomes the background music to our life that we don't realise we are tuning into and repeating. And you're creating background noise in the same way in your family and in your home. And then you wonder, where did that negativity come from? How did my son come up with that? Because the background noise becomes mm -hmm, mm -hmm, what they say too. Blind Bartimaeus had a lot of background noise. Beggar, blind man, no one wants you around here. You should go. I'm trying to clean up this neighborhood. Get out of here. Sat there begging quietly. Anybody help me? People shouting over him felt ignored. I don't know how you feel today, but I know we all have background noise that comes on in our lives at certain points in time. It is louder than at other points. Usually when there's a breakthrough pending, it gets louder to tell you don't even think about it. Don't think about forgiving. Don't think about moving forward. Don't think about changing your sound. And I want you to know that you can deal with the background noise. But the only way you can deal by the background noise is doing the second thing he did, which was make some noise. <laughs> make some noise. That's the only way you deal with background noise is you begin to make your own noise. And even though there was all this background noise at the roadside, it says when he heard that it was Jesus, he began to shout, Jesus, have mercy on me. When he heard that it was Jesus, he did not whisper, Jesus, excuse me, if you could, I'm just down here, ignored by everybody. Hello, do you hear me? When he heard that Jesus was passing by, something got a hold of the volume button in his life. And he said, I know in order to connect, I have to be louder than the background noise. So a whisper's not gonna do it. And a suggestion's not gonna do it. I am going to have to. Whether I am comfortable with it or not, I'm gonna have to make some noise. I'm gonna have to find my shout. And all of a sudden, so that he was louder than all the noise behind him, he shouted, Jesus! What just happened? What just happened? The guy that we all walk behind, the guy that we all ignore, the guy that has become invisible to us, the guy that has his head down, the guy that has his begging cloak out. What just happened? He just roared from the inside of him. Jesus, 
Because when Jesus is nearby your life, it should cause you to shout. When Jesus is nearby your life, it should cause you to give thanks. When Jesus is nearby your life, it should cause you to say hallelujah. It should. <laughs> when I was away on this trip, every night we honoured someone. And I'm telling you, the stories, the stories were unbelievable. I could not believe what people had been through. But the moment that we saw them and celebrated them was not because they were staying where life told them to. It's because somehow in the midst of the hell, and, I, I, and we might think we're going through stuff, but I tell you, when I read those stories, I'm like, I have never, ever been through anything like that. Hell, but somehow, they lifted up a voice that said, God, one girl that said, just in the middle of the worst of the worst of the worst, just shouted, Jesus, if you're real, you better save me. And he did. But it took a shout to come out of her life, to get past the background noise of the abuse and to say, I am not dead and I will not die in this tomb that the enemy has built for me. I'm going to live and I'm gonna shout from the inside of me, whether I feel like it or not, because Jesus is in the neighbourhood. When we open this book, we should make a sound. I'll try that again. When we open this book, we should make a sound. Listen to me, listen to me. I don't need you to make a sound. In fact, sometimes I'll be in some churches where they're like, yeah, preach your sisters. I'm like, just, I'm trying to preach. I can't, I've got time on the clock. I don't need you to make a sound. Whoever's up here doesn't need you to make a sound. You need you to make a sound. Because it's the amen, it's the yes God, it's the I receive it, it's yes that's for me, that makes you digest the Word of God into your own soul. I've had dinner with some of you in this room. You are noisy eaters. Oh, this is good. Oh, this is great. Oh, are there any seconds? Oh, that mashed potato. Oh, that steak. I have eaten with some of you. You make a lot of noise. Open the Word of God. I'm trying to show you something. There's a time to be quiet, but there's a time not to be quiet. There's a time to lift our voice. There's a time to say amen. There's a time to say that's for me. And you'd have to be like, Whoo! I'm not asking for that. God's not asking for that. He's saying, is there something in you that resonates with the something in me? Is there a sound in you that affirms the sound in me? Is there an amen in you to the promise I have spoken over your life? Or is this just a one-way conversation? Because God's not nearly into one-way conversations. He actually loves to have a conversation with you. He loves to hear you give thanks. He loves for you to say, I love you, Lord. He loves for you to praise Him. He loves for you to wake up in the morning and say, thank you, God, for today. He loves to hear you say, I adore you. He loves it, He loves it. He loves to know that He has a kid that wants to talk to Him. And guess what? The more you talk to Him, the more He talks back to you. Jesus! 
and then he just stops. You know, you can stop God in your life. You can get Him to hover over your life. You can get Him to be involved in your life with a Jesus. I'm not doing very good on this thing on my own. Jesus, I'm not handling this situation very good on my own. Jesus, I need you in this situation. I tell you, when you invite Him in, He gets fully involved, fully involved. You gotta make some noise. Oh, I don't know if that's me. Can I tell you, on the personality profiles that are all going round, Enneagram crazy right now, on the, I am an introvert. Am I acting like an introvert right now? No, but I am an introvert. I, I find it awkward to be in groups of people, socializing. I'm not very good. I like to be my two or three because then that's my safety blanket. I am not wired to be loud, but I have chosen not to allow the way I am wired to choose how I praise or how I magnify or how I glorify. Watch this. He's just turned down the background noise. He's just made a noise. Now watch what happens next. There is noise interference. <laughs> of course there is. As soon as he finds his voice, it says, verse 48, many rebuked him and told him, be quiet, but he shouted all the more. Son of man, David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and said, call him. Can I tell you that when you make a noise, there will be noise interference. There will be fear that says, be quiet. There will be offense that says, what about me? There will be people that say, I don't like this version of you. There will be things that come to mind that say you shouldn't be joyful because of that. There will be things that come to interfere with the noise of your life. But you have to know it is noise interference. You know, I don't know much about sound, but I did a little bit of studying this week. I know, I know. And please, sound men, don't mute me if I get this wrong. Just educate me afterwards. But I found out there are two different types of sound waves. How interesting that God in nature even has set it up so that in the spiritual, we should learn from this principle. There are constructive interference sound waves and there are destructive interference sound waves. I even have a diagram. I know, look at this. Who am I right now? Who am I right now? I have like a full on scientific, well, it's not very scientific, but it kind of is, diagram. Constructive interference is when your sound wave finds another sound wave that is peaking the same as you, saying the same as you. And here's what happens. You don't then get two sound waves with constructive interference to become one louder sound wave, which means it's heard by more people. So for example, Everybody on the count of three, say in a good loud voice, amen. One, two, three. Amen. We all just put our sound wave together. Now, destructive interference is when one sound wave is out of alignment with another sound wave. 
In other words, what it is peaking at, the other is dropping out at. And here's the crazy thing. When these two come together, they don't create two sound waves. They don't even create one sound wave. They cancel all sound waves. So all of a sudden, there is no sound. And every time you wanna lift your voice, the enemy wants to send a destructive sound wave into your life to cancel your noise out. And so the idea is find as many constructive interference sound waves in your life as you can to help you amplify your place to victory. The crowd, oh Lord, this could preach for another 10 weeks. The crowd, the crowd that were like, shut up, be quiet. Jesus goes, tell him to come. Same crowd, same crowd. Oh, man of God, blind man, cheer up on your feet. He's calling you. How fickle are people? How fickle can we all be? We'll all make sounds at times that are off. We'll all make sounds at times that are not good because we're people and we're not perfect. So what we gotta do in those moments is tune in to the higher sound and choose to vibrate that sound wave in our life. I don't know where this finds you today. I don't know if you come in here, you go, this is a hard message for me. All I asked at the beginning of this morning was that you would be open. Even if there's just one thing you took away from today and said, that thing, that thing I'm gonna work on. Because see this man that was blind, Jesus said, bring him to me. And they brought him to Jesus. And Jesus said, what do you want? In other words, make some noise. Use your voice. You don't have to let the background noise make you a beggar anymore. You get to choose what noise you make with your life. And I am begging you, appealing to you. Get your sound back. Some of you used to laugh all the time. You were known for your laugh. You'd walk in a room and oh, we'd know who it was. Some of you would be the biggest encourager. You couldn't go by you without you getting man-hugged by that person or followed down the corridor of the building or someone in the environment nearby would just feel like, oh my goodness, I am gonna be encouraged because I can see they're in my pathway. Some of you used to be in worship before anybody else even showed up in the room, praying, excited. Some of you used to greet people in a way that they felt so loved and welcomed. And we can look at all the things that maybe would be, well, that's why I'm not that way. Or that's why I'm not that way. Or we can look at the one one, one person who goes, no, this is why you are this way. They don't get to control your sound. I get to control your sound. And I say in my word, 
make a joyful noise. And I say in my word, you will praise me. And I say in my word, sing, O barren woman. And I say in my word, proclaim the good news of the gospel. And I say in my word, shout unto the Lord, all you people. And when the Pharisees began to say, in Jesus riding in on the donkey and the crowd shouting hallelujah. And the Pharisees said, tell them to be quiet, tell them to be quiet. And Jesus said, oh, if I tell them to be quiet, the rocks are gonna start shouting. <laughs> because when I enter, everything, everything responds to me being in the room. Hey, thank you so much for watching. We pray to God that you've been impacted by how great God's Word is, by how great God's plan is for your life. But I do want to say, if you need prayer for anything, then drop us a line, drop us an email. We would love to hear from you so that we can pray for you and just continue on this journey of building life together. Have a great week, month, year ahead.